It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. So the show, the show, the show is here. Uh, happy Hump Day Wednesday, everybody. I'm J.C. Sherbert. He's Phil Mullinax. Hour one is presented by Cindy Searfoss, realtor, Colwell Baker Kane. Talk about her all the time. Big fan, obviously. So if you're moving in or out of the upstate or have property to sell up there, a house to sell up there, you want to uh, do anything real estate-wise, uh, residentially, because uh, the second hour is commercial, uh, is presented by a commercial real estate company. Uh, give Cindy a call, please. We have many satisfied listeners and customers. Uh, she's been with us for a long time. Phil, how is your Wednesday going so far, my friend? Oh, going well, going well, sir. Just uh, you know, kicking back here, getting a little bad news coming over the uh, or the, the wires, if you will, here about mm. the basketball program. So I'm sure mm. we'll dig into that here in a minute. Yeah, right off the bat, just go ahead and give it to you because uh, the news just broke. Um, we're sitting here preparing for the show, and uh, mm, uh, and I was going to talk later about Lamont Paris. He has a, a big media availability coming up so uh you know everybody's kind of like lamont paris is kind of the man of mystery you know whereas like shane beamer uh gets out on twitter on social media interacts kind of uh the way a lot of people do these days you know lamont paris is kind of a little more reserved and uh all that but uh from what i'm told there's a big media availability coming up with him uh so i i have a feeling uh given what i was told about the format of that uh, you guys are going to get to know Lamont Paris pretty well, uh, at least through the media uh, here in the next couple of days. But here's the the bad news. Uh, the Gamecocks lost uh, a player to injury already. <laughs> uh, it's like a broken record around here sometimes with, with these injuries. Uh, as um, the transfer guard from Coastal Carolina, who I thought Phil was probably going to be a starter uh, Ibrima Deba will miss the entire season with a torn Achilles tendon. Uh, he averaged about uh, nine points a game, 10 points a game, 8.1 actually, uh, last year at Coastal. Uh, he's from Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, poor guy had problems getting back in the country for a while, and uh, and then this hits. Um, Phil, uh, I've seen these Achilles tendons injuries happen uh, at times, and um, boy, they're, they're tough. They, they look painful. Yeah, Achilles looks brutal, man. Just like uh, like we were talking before we got on here, watching KDs happen live on TV. <laughs> I mean, mm. like that calf muscle just draws up into nothing. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah and, I, and I told you, you know, I was uh, in 05, the Gamecocks played Vanderbilt in football, and that, that was an interesting season. It was Steve Spurrier's first year. A lot of good happened that season. Uh, that Vanderbilt team was okay. Uh, they had Jay Cutler at quarterback. They came to town. It, it was it was a very competitive back and forth game. Thirty five twenty eight. The Gamecocks won, but uh, in that one, Spurrier had finally. That team was not great at running back. Uh, if, if everybody remembers, Demetrius Summers got kicked off the team. Uh, Corey Boyd got suspended for the entire year. Uh, so it was basically. Uh, the first Mike Davis, uh, who ended up being a pretty good player, Bobby Wallace and Dacus Terman uh, at running back. 
so they needed kind of a better player, uh, an upgraded running back. So finally, Spurrier figures out, hey, Savelle Newton, shoot, he can do all three. He can play quarterback, <laughs> running back, receiver. And and Newton had the game of his life. And I'm sitting there in the stands, and, and, and a friend of mine uh, actually snuck me into a, a luxury box for a little while. Uh, and that's all that's all I'm going to say about that, uh, uh, you know, because I, I don't think I was supposed to be there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and especially not up there drinking beer like I was. But anyway, uh, I, I wasn't raising hell or anything. Just, uh, you know, having a cold beer in that particular box made me feel like, wow, this is a this is good. But it's a hell of a game. Right. So right. Newton toward the end, uh, Newton, I think he I think he actually scored on the play uh, towards Achilles. And, and and right then when that offense was about to go from, ah, it's a good offense because Spurs dialing it up, but they're limited uh, to like, man, this could really be something. Uh, right then, like the the energy was like, ah, oh, man. Yeah. Of course, that team went on to beat Tennessee on the road for the first time ever. They went on to beat Florida for the first time ever. Uh, but they did lose to Clemson that year, and they did lose to Missouri in the bowl. I'm convinced if Newton had not suffered that injury – South Carolina was gonna would have probably beaten Clemson. They lost thirteen to nine in that game. Would have probably beaten Clemson. I think probably would have gone to a little better bowl. So they wouldn't have played that Missouri team. Um, so that was unfortunate. But that was that was a very significant Achilles injury uh, as well. But bring of course uh, Savell came back the next year, uh, played quarterback four or five games, and ended up uh, at the end of the year. South Carolina did beat Clemson, and, and Newton's on the field at safety. Uh, at the end of the game, and I'm like, wow, Savelle Newton, probably one of the more underrated players, uh, I think, in Gamecock history, just because of what all he was able to do um, in terms of you know saving games, saving seasons, uh, that type of thing. But he, but he had that Achilles. He came back from it, so hopefully, Ibrima uh, Diba, Ibrima Diba, It's easier to say Ibrima Diba, but it's Ibrima Diba. Diva, uh, that's does, right. Does and it's already well. been surgically repaired from what I'm reading, too, JC. He's already uh, rehabbed. So this has happened. <laughs> yeah, it, it, so it's already rehabbed and, and stuff like that. So hopefully he'll be back uh, next season. He should have one more year of eligibility. Uh, I like this pickup because he, he reminded me a little bit of a, a player from way back in the Fogler era named Antonio Grant. Uh, and he was also a uh, pretty good shooter, 31% from behind the line, 79% at the free throw line. I know that that was music to Gamecock fans' ears, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you could hit for your free throws, wow. Um, you know, but uh, that's kind of a blow, I, I think, when you look at kind of how this team sort of sets up this year. I, I, I don't think there's a uh, a guy on the roster that's maybe a logical replacement for him. Um, you know, because I do think he was going to start or at least be, you know, the sixth man or something. Uh, so ah, tough blow, I, I think, for for Lamont Paris. Uh, just when you add Gigi Jackson and you're like, okay, there's a chance, uh, now you got another hole to fill, and, and that's not good. But uh, look for uh, interviews with Lamont Paris on thebigspur.com uh, and all your other, other favorite local Gamecock media outlets because that's coming up. Speaking of Gamecock media, tonight at 7 ESPNU, uh, sort of the hard knocks of college football, I would guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to say it's hard knocks because it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's probably going to be toned down as college ball, right? right um, welcome home. Uh, it's going to be a, uh, a welcome home. Uh, I'm sorry, a, a 
behind-the-scenes look at Gamecock football tonight at 7 p.m. on ESPNU. Uh, lots of people are talking about it out there in Gamecock land. Uh, it was announced. Everybody was excited uh, about it. And I think um, for those of you that are looking for some inside scoop and are going to watch the practice clips from this thing tonight and evaluate the team, I, I would caution against that. I just uh, I don't think they're going to give much away in terms of, oh, here, yeah, here's, here's what our offense is going to look like first game and – you know, let Sean Elliott and those guys take notes. <laughs> I, just don't, I, I don't see that happening. I think you'll have a lot of uh, fancy camera work and editing that goes into it. But uh, good stuff. Bo Mattingly uh, is the guy that's producing it. And I know Bo. If it's the same Bo Mattingly. Uh, you know, because sometimes people have, have similar names. But uh, I used to go on Bo's show back in the 2000s to talk recruiting. I think uh, I think he's out of Arkansas. Um, so that's uh, that was always a lot of fun there. Uh, to talk with Bo and glad to see if that is the same Bo. I have not confirmed that, so maybe talking out my bahunkas here. But uh, I think um, <laughs> I, I, you know, just saying proud of him for getting into TV or whatever. He was always always one of my favorite shows to go on. Uh, him and this guy in New Orleans that was on at night. Uh, it was an LSU guy, and uh, I would go on with him in the evenings, and he would call Tulane the Tulane Green Men. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I had no idea that was even still a rivalry there. You know, I'm over here, the two lane green men, you know, I'm like, okay, that's, that's cool that you have a rival. That's cute. You know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, I have some two lane gear, by the way, I'm going to wear it. Uh, at some wave. <laughs> the, the green wave. I've always kind of liked them. And, uh, you know, I, I, I liked it when Les Miles was like, all right, we're going to play them again. And, and then they got about four games into that series, and they're like, "Ah, now we're not gonna play you anymore." <laughs> <laughs> oh, shucks! Back to the other in-state opponent, yeah. <laughs> all, all fifteen uh, green men in New Orleans, like, oh, "That's just disappointing that LSU won't play us." So, um, anyway, they, yeah, they used to play at the Superdome in front of you know hundreds. And <laughs> it's I don't know. I was at a soft spot in my heart for Tulane over the years, but. Uh, yeah, so it, it's going to be a uh, a show tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPNU. I'm going to check it out. I'm sure uh, we will talk about that tomorrow. I have a poll question up both on thebigspur.com and on Twitter. Uh, and uh, it kind of uh, piggybacked on something Brad Crawford was talking about the other day uh, about the first uh, two SEC games of the season, Phil. Uh, mm-hmm. And so the question is, the poll question is, uh, which early season game is the more likely win for the Gamecocks at Arkansas or at home against Georgia? And Brad said Georgia. Yeah, uh, I'm inclined to be right there with him, like you said yesterday, JC. I think uh, Georgia is going to be, you know, looking at those first two, that's going to be the one I've got my money on. Well, figuratively on that one. Bet <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the Gamecocks. <laughs> yeah, it's just tough, uh, you know. Yeah, but, um, you know, you're catching the team early. Uh, They've lost all that talent, although I know they've got talent coming in. I mean, you know, Kirby Smart's done a hell of a job getting the recruits in there, but you're going to catch them before they gel, I think. That's our opportunity. It's going to be at home. You know, williams Bryce is going to be live. <laughs> it should be a great atmosphere for a good upset. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be 99 degrees, too, uh, with, the, with the kickoff. But uh, I'll say this uh, – I mentioned this before. The last two times there's been a noon kickoff in the border battle with Georgia, the Gamecocks have won. They won in 2019 in Athens in double overtime. Uh, <laughs> that was an interesting game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, actually, I just come up here 
to Chicago um, to kind of, uh, I guess, stake out my, you know, every uh, my, my uh, part-time residence that's turned into kind of a most-of-the-time residence, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, I lived in this apartment in Bolingbrook, right? And so I walk, I walked <laughs> to the Buffalo Wild Wings, right? And I'm thinking game day, I better get there right when the doors open. Uh, it's 11 a.m. kickoff, and the doors open at 11 a.m. local time, right, Central. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be packed. I hope I can get a seat. I walk in. I'm the only person there for the first half. <laughs> I was say, yeah, they slap an apron on you and put you in the kitchen, man. You're probably the only guy there. <laughs> yeah, 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 you want to come help us uh, cook some wings? Of course, I, I don't really like their wings. I like the boneless so there, not the, not the big ones, but uh, – We'll talk about chicken wings frequently here on the show. But anyway, uh, so I'm sitting there, and like I'm the only guy there. And, and I'm like, where is everybody? This is college football. And they're like, eh, Notre Dame doesn't play till five. And, you know, there's there's about ten guys that come in here and watch Notre Dame. Uh, but we're, you know, we let our people take Saturdays off during the fall because bears, bears. <laughs> bears, bears. And sure, sure enough, you go into any bar on Sunday – and it's just like a, a college game day type atmosphere. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's one of the most unbelievable, like watch party pro atmospheres I've, I've ever seen. Because you know we don't all get together. I mean, Phil, come on. Uh, you know, me and you, we've 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 had many parties and, and, and many get-togethers in our lives. You know, and, and just and there's just a full disclosure. Phil's been my friend for twenty something years. You know, uh, twenty five years. Four <laughs> years, dude. Um, so, so, so we, we've done some time, you know, and so, uh, but, but Phil, do we all, do we all get together and watch the Panthers or the no, Falcons? Yeah. No, <laughs> not at all. Not at no, all. No, we're not sitting up. Probably, I mean, I'm usually on the couch with a, a water and a, a cold compress on my head, <laughs> you know, right. one hey, eye open. I'm convalescing on the back porch back there, man. <laughs> yeah. One eye open. Did the Falcons score? I don't know. You know? Uh, but up here, it, it's totally, totally different. So it's um, it, it, it's a it's a great atmosphere. But anyway, I walked to that game. I walked up there. Uh, my now fiance and her son drove over to pick me up <laughs> and uh, have some chicken wings. Uh, and and I, it went overtime. So the Notre Dame crowd was getting in there, and I don't think they understood. Uh, the emotional reaction I had when Carolina won that game. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I think they're like, ah, that guy's crazy. <laughs> Somebody may have called the cops. I don't know. Um, you know, and, and then so, so that was nuts. And then, of course, the other game was in 2010 in Columbia um, and Marcus Lattimore uh, yeah. and uh, 37 carries, 162 yards, you had Tony Barnhart writing columns saying, I've seen Herschel Walker. Now I've seen Marcus Lattimore. And that sort of set a precedent for Marcus uh, against the Bulldogs. I mean, he uh, – Marcus only played in one game against Clemson, if, if believe it or not. And um, that was in 2010. And the Gamecocks – Clemson kind of sold out to stop him that game. I think he only had like 40 yards. Uh, and then he missed, of course, the next two with uh, tragic injuries. But that Georgia game, man – I mean, 162, 197, and then in the 35-7 game, he went for 110. Uh, and, and a buddy of mine that, that covers Georgia was like, 
Yeah, he's a grown man. <laughs> and he, right. he was. Yeah, well, he was. That day, he was, man, because yes. it was just like Spurs is like, shit, we just couldn't do anything throwing the ball. Just give it to Marcus. Just keep um, feeding Marcus. <laughs> and so the Gamecocks won that game 17 to 6. That was the first of three straight wins. The only time it's ever happened in that series against the Bulldogs. So what I'm trying to say is <laughs> new, new kickoffs in this series have been good to Carolina the few times that it's happened. It's usually a like 5.30-ish type kickoff. I mean, we've had heated kickoffs, 3.30. Um, it, it's not always a night game, but it's uh, it's usually not that early. So, um, and, and I think Brad, you know, it, it, gut feeling Brad's onto something. On paper, uh, I think South Carolina matches up better with Arkansas. I think if that game was in Columbia, it may be a different kind of kind of feel, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just feel, you know, on that note, uh, by the way, um, if, if you want to know the poll results, <laughs> nobody's buying what Brad's selling here, man. <laughs> uh, which early season game is the more likely win? At Arkansas, 71 votes, 87.65%. This is on the big spur. Uh, and then Georgia, uh, 10. <laughs> Nobody's buying a win against the dogs on the big spur.com. Now, uh, I don't know what, uh, I'm going to check the Twitter results here uh, directly. But um, so I don't know. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're not buying what Brad's selling. <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Twitter's a little closer. 116 Eight. votes, 81% Arkansas, 18.1% Georgia. So still overwhelming for the They're regiment. just, yeah, there's yeah, like, you know, and, and I get it. I get it because yeah. uh, Gamecocks have done pretty well. Uh, and this has not always been the case. Younger fans of the Gamecocks, it's not always been the case. The Gamecocks have played super-duper awesome against Arkansas. Uh, last, uh, the, but the last couple of meetings, it, it's it's not been close. Uh, you have the DJ Swearinger game back in 2012. Uh, that's the game DJ got two personal foul penalties back to back, and then a pick six, and they got another uh, unsportsmanlike conduct because he threw the ball in the stands. Uh, and I, I think I think Todd Ellis or, or Tommy one went, "Who cares?" You know, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, DJ, you know, and so. Um, so that was cool, and then uh, uh, you had the fifty-two to seven game out there in Brett Belima's first year, which was just a reckoning. Uh, probably one of the most complete games during the Spurrier era. I think it's the biggest road win in the SEC, uh, not against Vanderbilt in program history. Um, and uh, fifty-two to seven, and Spurrier goes, "Shoot, I feel bad for Arkansas getting beat like that on homecoming." <laughs> <laughs> And it wasn't it was their homecoming, you know, and uh, just fifty-two to seven. And then, of course, uh, Muschamp played Arkansas, faced Arkansas, and Belima once. Uh, that was in twenty seventeen. Uh, that defense for Carolina that year also was awesome at forcing turnovers, forty-eight to twenty-two. So when you've beaten somebody a um, hundred to twenty-nine, the last two times you played them, uh, I, I think you kind of expect well. You know, you should go beat him again. Shoot, go beat him again. And and I'm not ruling it out. I I'm not no. as I am not as fired up about a lot of these teams as some of my brethren uh, that, that cover the SEC, that cover the Gamecocks, whatever. I I, I, mean, I don't know. I'm trying to temper my expectations about the Gamecocks because I've learned that you know when you're in kind of the Carolina bubble. Uh, it's easy to kind of lose uh, perspective on other teams. I try really hard to have it. 
Um, but sometimes you're like, oh, well, you know, these guys are good and they're good enough to start at Carolina. But when you compare to the players, it's not, not necessarily that way. So, um, you know, I, I'm trying hard to temper my expectations, but I, I look and everybody's got warts, man. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. I, I know people just kind of assume Arkansas, uh, because they have some pieces on defense, they're going to be fine. Uh, I know they just kind of assume that, well, you know, you've got KJ Jefferson and everybody that can just run it up your behind, you know. Uh, and so they'll be fine. Kendall Browse, fine. You know, that kind of thing. And, and I get it. Uh, and I get that Arkansas finished the season great last year uh, with a win over Penn State in the bowl. I think they beat LSU for the first time in a while. They beat all their border rivals. They beat Missouri. <laughs> Which, you ask a lot of Arkansas and Missouri fans, is that a rivalry? It's really, it's kind of a forced rivalry, right? Um, and they beat, so they beat Missouri, they beat LSU, they beat Texas and Texas A&M. And, uh, they beat both Mississippis. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe 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 they won every border game that had a trophy. How about that? Yeah. Um, last year, finished nine and four. Sam Pittman, a lot of respect for him. But man, I, I'll just be honest. I just don't know. You know, I look at them. I think they're really good. Um, I don't know that uh, that South Carolina is going to go in there unless there's problems with the run defense. That, that could be an issue. Uh, as a massive, you know, underdog. Uh, at the same time, uh, in typical South Carolina fashion, it would be, you know, one of the most Gamecock things, one of those Gamecock things where they go out there and lose one and then come back and, you know, pull the upset everybody's talking about against the dogs. Because that, you know, you feel the, the history of the Georgia-South Carolina series is, you know, every now and then the Gamecocks will jump up and bite jump them. and win one, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Amazingly enough. So, but people just aren't buying it. <laughs> you know, the, the Twitter poll is already up to 82.4 for Arkansas. <laughs> so, uh, Jason, man. could you imagine the hype train rolling if we win 3-0 and <laughs> to start this season? You know, I mean, it just. Dude, my hair. Was crap. <laughs> my, my, my hair will be down to my shoulders. I, I look like uh, I look like the dude from Independence Day, the the doctor, Doctor Oaken, or whatever, mm-hmm. with the glasses. They don't let us out much, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because Phil, look, you go three and zero, you're you're looking at most likely five and zero rolling into Lexington, Kentucky, mm-hmm. because the next two games are Charlotte and South Carolina State. Yeah, and those should so, be wins. Should be. <laughs> should, yeah, you, you never never. I don't want to say count your chickens before they hatch because, I, you know, I, I don't want to offend anybody with the chicken thing, you know. But, um, you know, so I, I don't know. I think uh, I think that's very, very interesting, you know, as far as um, all that good stuff. So, um, you know, and, and Phil, I just got your private chat. Uh, I'm just going to I'm just going to bring it out in the public. Phil's, yeah. neighbor, <laughs> Phil's neighbor just fired up the lawnmower right when we went on. So if you hear that, let me know. Yeah, hopefully that's not coming through. I'm not hearing it in the uh, in the return, so we should be good. <laughs> we have a we have a, a group of folks that comes by and, and cuts ours. We have a small yard, uh, and obviously you don't cut the grass a lot, but uh, they're they're classic about coming through when I'm like on a business call or a uh, a show or something, and then the dog starts barking. So uh, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. The Nana's porch chat line is 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 awesome. And we're going to get right to some stuff on that real quick. Don't forget, Jamie Bradford. We're going to have a reunion. Jamie Bradford from JB and Goldwater 
looking forward to it. Looking forward the, to it. The inspiration for this streaming show. I mean, I, you know, when they kind of decided to to not have it anymore, I was like, you know, there's there's a need for it. People like JB and Goldwater. Um, you know, obviously, this is more Gamecock oriented. You know, I say this: it's the Gamecocks and everything the Gamecocks touch. You know, so we'll talk about Clemson. We'll talk about the opponents. We'll talk about the SEC. Uh, maybe the ACC a little bit, college football, college sports, that kind of thing. Um, probably we'll talk about the Atlanta Braves and uh, the baseball playoffs coming up because I love the Braves. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I'll talk about that too. Um, See the Acuna slide yesterday? Yeah. Oh, man, textbook. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> what a I'm player. not a Braves fan, though, but that, that yeah. You You're a right. Braves fan, Phil. No, sir. No, sir. No, I'm Uh-oh. a Cubs fan. A Cubs fan? Yeah, I'm a Northside guy, man. Dude, yeah, I'm sitting there with my White Sox hat on. Oh, uh, yeah, it beats me up every day. <laughs> you, 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 you. All right, so, so believe it or not, I'll, I'll say this. We'll get to the Nanosports chat line because we're going to have a giveaway uh, on the Nanosports chat line today. So how about that? A giveaway. How about that? Um, I don't think I've ever given anything away on the podcast. You know, <laughs> I'm giving something away today. Um, it's not much, but it's uh, it's a start, right? So uh, the when I first met uh, my fiance, uh, you know, we met at a wedding, uh, and we're going to talk about Star Wars later. Speaking of Star Wars, and this is my friend, you know him, uh, that always got in. He liked Star Wars, but got into Star Trek. I am not a Star Trek guy. Uh, no. I'll be honest. So, uh, and Brian Donahue put that up right there about uh, off the Nana Sports chat line. Phil, we'll yes. show everybody. JC is the king of movie analogies. Uh, I appreciate that, Brian. I will never drop a Star Trek analogy because I, I don't know. I don't know anything about it, you know. But my buddy loves it, and he's he's a, he's a he's a he's the Mister Spock of Star Trek fans. But I'm but you know we all like Star Wars. We'll talk about Star Wars here in a little bit, um, you know. So I met her at a wedding, and I'd never been to Wrigley, right? And mm. I right, uh, and so we. I was like, well, I'm gonna come up for a Cubs game. Awesome first date, right? I'll go to Wrigley, bucket list thing. If it doesn't work out, I'll just get plastered in the outfield and throw a beer on her or something, right? You know, or, 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 or she's small enough. We could, uh, you know, I just uh, toss her into, I don't know. Well, you know, we looked and it was pricey and Memorial Day was coming up. So we, we pivoted and she came to Atlanta and then we went up to Nashville and saw Eric Church, which was awesome. And uh, spent a couple of days in the honky tonks, and then going to brunch and things like that. And it was amazing. Uh, and then we just hit it off. Went for there. We still have not been to a Cubs game at Wrigley Field. Oh, I, that that that, three, uh, that went off my bucket list, sir. Yep, yep. yep. Three this, years I got up there and did it, man. Mm-hmm. Three years later, we still have not been to a Cubs. We do a Sox game. I've been to Wrigleyville uh, during. We went during the pandemic to walk around. Um. At Wrigley, uh, uh, and my fr- another friend of mine came up, and we took his kids down to kind of see it. Never been to a Cubs game though, and uh, my buddy, uh, who I do a podcast, another podcast with, uh, who shall remain nameless. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but he uh, he's coming up to broadcast a game uh, in um, September, gosh, a Bears game, Bears, Bears on the radio, and he was like, "Hey, uh, you want maybe we go to Wrigley that Saturday?" Uh, I was like, "Um." Gamecocks play Arkansas. That day. I was like, I can't, no. I, I can't, I can't, you know, and he was like, Oh God, I forgot. I'm like, he's like, Oh, well, let's just get together and watch that game. I was like, okay. So, so anyway, we've never been to Wrigley. 
You you and the misses need to come up and we we can uh we can I can finally cross it off the bucket list, Phil. And Let's we do it, JC. Yeah, yeah. Just come on. I'll get okay, I'll, you we can do a three gamer and we can sit in the stands, the first one, and then get one of those rooftop deals, the second. Oh those, yeah. Those are amazing, by the way. Uh it's uh, you know, I don't know. Anyway, Nana's porch chat line. <laughs> yeah, but we digress. <laughs> we digressed in, into Cubs Cubsville right now. Um, happy birthday to Craig. Uh, I want to just say that. Uh, I actually saw it. I'm friends with Craig on Facebook, and uh, I actually wished him a happy birthday today on Facebook. And, and, folks, if I'm friends with you on Facebook and I don't wish you a happy birthday, that means I did not check the birthdays that day. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's yeah, not just like, don't. It's not personal. I'm not. I'm not dissing you. I'm not dissing you. So, um, uh, so moving forward, uh, Rodney says, "Good morning, good morning, Rodney. Great, great to have you in the Nano Sports chat line." WTS says, "Never forget talking about Achilles, uh, Kobe Bryant going to the free throw line and sinking two free throws after rupturing his mm-hmm. that, that Mamba mentality, baby." That's right. Um, Antonio Grant's from Craig's hometown. That's North Augusta. Clint says, I am a green wave myself, the Easley version. Oh, Easley. We, we know somebody that's an Easley grad. Drove a truck. <laughs> <laughs> it, we can drive a truck in college. I have a truck now, but man, you know. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even do my impersonation to him because it had brought, it was like the F word, and I can't. Yeah, don't say I'll the F word. I don't know if we've had enough beers to start imitating that. <laughs> 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 Crazy. Uh, Alex makes a good point. Catch Arkansas sleeping on an early road matchup. And, yeah. and Alex, you bring up a good point about catching Arkansas sleeping. I, it, first of all, I'm going to say this. I don't think South Carolina has to have Arkansas not show up to win the game. Uh, I'm just going to be honest, personnel-wise. I don't I don't think – now, can the Gamecocks not play their best or not play well and then Arkansas plays well and they still win, kind of like against Vandy last year? No. Or East Carolina? No. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a quality team. Um, but you bring up a good point. Arkansas's opener, Phil, is against Cincinnati. Playoff, the playoff uh, – Participant uh, Bearcats from last year, you know, which by the way, what a joke of a game that was. I mean, it's like I didn't think they should have gotten in. It was Lance um, Slaughter, man. There was no other way you could I see mean, it. <laughs> Bama had what, what, the top, one of the top passing offenses in America, and all they did was line up and run the ball. <laughs> Which they weren't doing all that well all season. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. They, they just lined yeah. up. And, I mean, what a bizarre turn of events for Bama, those two games. It's like they go and they, you know, because they went, some of their games were too close for comfort last season. Arkansas, LSU, Auburn, Bama did not just blow the doors off everybody last season. No. So then, then they go to Atlanta and just light the dogs on fire. Just you know, blow, the world. You know, I mean, it was awful. And then that Cincinnati game was just like 2011 Bama. They just ran it, ran it, played defense, punted, and you know, I actually we did what we had to do to win the game. All right, Nick, whatever. Uh, and then they, I thought, I thought they were going to win the championship game if those guys had not gotten hurt. Um, so, so anyway, I digress. I was, I was talking about Cincinnati. So Cincinnati comes in. Cincinnati has a lot of personnel losses uh, from last year. Their quarterback's now with the Falcons. Luke Fickle's going to have those guys ready, but this is not the playoff system. But, but my point is, Arkansas is going to get sky high for that one. You know, it's a big opener. Uh, I believe kickoffs at night. I need to look that up, Phil. 
um, what time that kickoff is for Arkansas-Cincinnati. But, uh, you know, you bring up a good point. Maybe the Gamecocks go in there and Arkansas thinks that they're indestructible, kind of like they did when Auburn came to town last season, and Auburn whipped them pretty good. (laughs) Auburn, Mike, you know, everybody talks about Mike Bobo a lot around here, uh, and it's like, uh, you know, uh, Bobo, 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 Bobo. Well, Bobo had a great get play game plan in that one and lit Arkansas on fire. Uh, yeah, I think it was 30, uh, 30, yeah, 20. 30 kickoff on that. Oh, it's a three thirty kickoff. So yeah. So the hog nation has a chance to get, uh, liquored up for that one. Yeah, lathered up. That's right. La- lather them up. We call them the hogs. I've been to a game there once and it was Oh nine. Uh, and that call on the hogs things legit. And, and I know some Arkansas people and I like those folks. I mean, they're really good folks. Probably because Carolina didn't play them every year. I probably couldn't stand them otherwise. I, of course, you have a lot of Tennessee fans that are friends, too. They play them every year. Uh, Marion says, good to hear JB again. Uh, and JC says, who are the Swamp Donkeys? Um, the Florida Gators under Jim McElroy. Yeah. Keith Alsep called, him, called them the Swamp Donkey. Uh, the Swamp Donkey. Craig brings up Sam Hartman, the Wake Forest quarterback. Serious injury out indefinitely. You hate to see that for him. Really, hell of a player uh, for Wake. All right, it's good. We won't go that. Thirty minutes flew by, Phil. That's nice. Uh, we got uh, JB from JB and Goldwater coming up. We got a giveaway. Don't forget to go vote in the poll. Uh, we got the I Help Consulting mailbag coming up. Going to talk some Star Wars. Going to talk uh, a lot more about the Gamecocks. Some Xavier McLeod recruiting stuff. Uh, and as always interaction from you guys right here on inside the Gamecocks. The show we will be back after these messages. Just as your state farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home auto life or small business insurance with Tony Pope state farm insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right. Even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope state farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home life auto and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a Dyer Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast, Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker King. 
If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. All right, we're back. We need bumper music, Phil. Oh yeah, I'm gonna, gonna yeah. I'm gonna work on that. And uh, oh, and JB was like, "You better give me some really good uh, intro music today." I'm like, "We're not that far along, dude." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "I mean, this is a, this is a we're under construction in a lot of ways here." Um, all right, so, search for him though. Moving forward, we're getting so. So I've got I've got a I got a giveaway. Right, it's not much. We'll, we'll maybe have some better. Uh, from the Nana's Porch chat line. Maybe I get some Nana's Porch gift certificates or something to give away on the Nana's Porch chat line uh, or chat box, chat chat room, whatever. Uh, but we got a giveaway. Um, and uh, Clint says Metallica makes great bumper music. So we have another friend. That, <laughs> we have another. Phil and I, have, uh, we have another friend that loves Metallica. Uh, Metallica, baby. I like Metallica too, man. I heard that song "Nothing Else Matters" last night. It just popped on randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, the words to that song are some of the best I think in rock and roll. Like lyrics, if you just look at the lyrics. Uh, anyway, yeah, Metallica's cool, uh, and that would be that would actually <laughs> wake everybody up. I think uh, if we were a, if we were a six a.m. Uh, show, you know, morning show, which it will never happen. Ever, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it was, <laughs> and, uh, 
you know, Metallica would be great. But uh, Marion uh, chimes in and says, give him some um, Eric Church intro music. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and Clint says, Elton John says it's one of the best songs ever written. Nothing else matters. Well, I, I'll, I'll trust Elton John. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah, yeah, songwriting. I mean, you know, heck, uh, that's cool. Okay, so the uh, so on the Nana Sports chat line. So here's what we're giving away. Um, no, sorry, that's that's Marin McCheese, by the way. Uh, so somebody on the message board says things I never thought I'd hear JC say. Marin McCheese means a lot to me. <laughs> um, so. The things you find out about people when you got two full hours to fill, JC. <laughs> no doubt. You know, you got Mary McCheese, Metallica, whatever. Uh, all right. So we got these handy dandy inside the Gamecocks, the show refrigerator magnets. You can also put them on your car. Uh, for those of you that know, uh, Carolina Rise, the NIL collective, uh, I operate with my brother. We have the 1801 Club, and we've been buying a lot of car magnets from uh, this place called Sticker Mule. And uh, it's pretty cool. I call it Z-Mule. Uh, and so they have Mule Mondays. So I don't always need Carolina Rise stuff. But like, there are 25 uh, freaking uh, th- 25 magnets for a dollar, stuff like that. So I got the Inside the Gamecocks, the show magnet. And uh, we'll get your you know address. And uh, I'll mail it out to you when I'm taking today's Carolina Rise mail to the post office. And uh, – for free, I'll maybe include a little koozie or something for you in your prize pack here because I, I kind of feel embarrassed just sending that magnet. Uh, but uh, so, so here's the question: So we, uh, Todd Ellis is the last Gamecock quarterback to be drafted, right? Since that time, there have been two former Gamecock players to start NFL football games. Who is the most recent one? And uh, if you answered here on the chat line, first person to get the right answer uh, wins the magnet. So, yeah. So, uh, come on, guys. Um, you know, uh, Rick actually laughed at Metallica makes great bumper music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, we have a winner. We have a winner. Uh, and it's that was uh, quick. That was quick. Y'all were all over this. It's Brandon Jackson. Uh I, I, I'm sorry for using your last name. I probably should just use Brandon. Uh, yeah, it's Connor Shaw. Uh, he started one game for the Browns uh, late in the season. Uh, Anthony Wright, of course, had the most starts, the most successful pro career. Uh, Brandon, I, I think, Phil, can we private chat Brandon and get his address? Is that possible? Uh, we may be Maybe, yeah, try to try to try to see if we can do that. I, I, Actually, uh, Brandon, shoot us a. Uh, Shoot us an email at uh, inside the gamecocks at gmail.com and we'll get that out to you. Yeah, so anyway, and, I, and I'll, I'll do more. I'll send you a little more than the magnet, a little surprise uh, package or something. Uh, maybe uh, uh, it's Sticker Mule gives me this stuff called Mule Sauce. Uh, I've got like 18 bottles of it because it comes free every time you spend 100 bucks with them. Uh, Z Mule Sauce. Uh, so, so, so I'll send you a bottle of hot sauce too. And, uh, how about that? Uh, but yeah, we're going to get better and better prize packages here on the Nana Sports Chat Line. But I think that's uh, that's uh, you know that that that's that's really fun. Uh, we always like to stay interactive here. Don't forget, Jamie Bradford's coming up second hour, bottom of the second hour, twelve thirty, uh, to talk uh, on a lot of on a lot of different topics. I can't wait to talk to him because I don't know if if Jamie's done a whole lot of media since he. Uh, 
they signed off. But I know Jamie's got a lot. I know Jamie's got a lot to say, <laughs> and so I, I'm kind of like a little fired up about it, you know. Uh, so anyway, the I help consulting mailbag, and you, there's two ways to get in the mailbag. And I always talk about this. You could tweet to at the Big Spur Pod, uh, and please go follow that account. We stream on Twitter. We stream on Facebook. Inside the Gamecocks, uh, probably YouTube is working the best. Is the feedback I've gotten as far as the streaming goes? Uh, but you can get all three. Um, you know, and, and so you could tweet at us to at the big spur pod and we can, uh, we can get it going, uh, that way, or you can email inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. Uh, and so I have consulting mailbag is on, uh, Brent Schobert. I, I think you're probably a distant relative of mine. Cause I'm Sherbert to S-H-U-R-B-U-R-T-T and, um, you're sober, so that's cool. Uh, Billy the Evil Rooster goes, nobody cares. Oh, okay. He's responding to um, Will Muschamp met with the media yesterday, right, for the first time since he, he departed. Didn't say a word about South Carolina. <laughs> and wasn't asked. Wasn't nope. asked. I'm like, oh, man, you know. Uh, the, the, having lived in Atlanta, the dog media is very dog-focused. I mean, it's like nothing happens outside of Georgia ever. Unless it affects Georgia, you know, some kid crosses the border and goes to Auburn. They're going to talk about all oh, about Auburn, you know, but they're very dog focused, and, and and you know, rightfully so. They just won a national championship, so uh, yeah, I know people. You know, Billy, uh, I understand. I understand the feelings on Will Muschamp. Uh, Brent says a little late on the listen, but here's to J.C. Sherbert looking like Fabio maybe at the end of September. <laughs> I that good morning. That was a good one. <laughs> then, uh, Fabio, hey, my uh, my fiance is going to love that. Would love that. Unfortunately, uh, while my hair may be flowing and beautiful, and and, and the face obviously is a face for radio. Uh, too many beef sandwiches <laughs> to, to get 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 a Fabio level by September. But I, t- I tell you, Britt, uh, something tells me that. I'm either going to – and look, if it's if there's an upset loss, I'm shaving it down. I'm, I'm The hair's going away. I mean, I'm shaving it to uh, – like Phil. a about, yeah. about to join the Marines, <laughs> you know, uh, and all that. But uh, thanks, Brent. Brent that's, uh, that's hilarious there. I, I like that uh, a lot. So, Gamecock Pastor, who we all love, right? I mean, is there a better uh, one of our Twitter followers than Gamecock Pastor? No, I, you I know, know. We, we've got some good ones, but always consistent. Thank you very much, Gamecock Pastor. Love it. Yeah, thank you. He, Gamecock Pastor goes, I know Georgia State's going to give us all they have, which means a steady goes, dose of run game. With run D being a weakness last year, who could potentially be a difference maker most for us beginning in game one? Green, Cabo, Williams, other? I'm going to go with Green and Cabo. I think uh, faster linebackers make better linebackers because when, when you're going to make some mistakes sometimes at that position. Uh, and people ask all the time, like, well, why is this guy starting at linebacker? He's slower than Al Poop. Um, and it's usually because he's not slow laterally. And it's usually because he his instincts and, and, and mind – uh, the mind mind to physical performance is working a little better. Uh, in other words, your keys and your assignments, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't know your assignments and you go the wrong direction at linebacker, that's called taking a false step, which most of you probably know. 
Uh, and, and so if you take too many false steps, you're out of the gap. You, you've heard your must-jap talk about, oh, you got bounced out of a gap. Out of this gap. Gap control, all that. That's what that is. Um, and, and so you have to know the position. Now, when you're faster, though, you can afford to make some mistakes because you can recover. Uh, that's what I loved about Nakobe Dean at Georgia last year, Phil. I mean, I saw oh, Nakobe Dean all over the field. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, Alabama, I, think, it's, I think it was Alabama or Michigan won. Nakobe's way the heck over on the other sideline, and they got him. You know, I mean, I don't know if, if he blew his assignment or he was supposed to be over there. Uh, and so, what could have been like a 30 or 40 yard gain. The Kobe Dean comes streaking across the field, and I think it was like eight or nine. Uh, and so speed at linebacker really uh, is, a, is a difference. And so I think Green and Kaba obviously are faster. Um, I think Brad Johnson's not as slow as people think. I think uh, his speed is, is, is really good straight line because he's good at rushing the passer. Um, and if you notice that, that's kind of Brad's game. Uh, but you know, Sherrod's fast and Mahoma Kaba's fast and Stone Blanton's fast and Debo Williams is fast. Um, you've got a lot of uh faster backers. Now, that's not the only thing that matters though in run game. Uh, you have to tackle on the perimeter, which I thought South Carolina did a better job of last year. Uh, I thought Cam Smith was a pretty good tackler, Darius Russ, the safeties, Jalen Foster. Uh, you, you have to replace Jalen's tackling ability. Uh, hopefully a safety will not lead the team in tackles this year. Yeah, but I was uh, going to say is, yeah, it doesn't you know, come from that far back to lead. <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I think Devontae Reed's uh, good there. I, I, I hope R.J. Roderick has his best season. Um, you know, if not, there'll be some other people. You know, they're talking about Nick and Warre being really good. And, and yeah, he's one I'm keeping time. an eye on for sure. Yeah. And 6'4", 220. I mean, that's a, that's a load coming yeah. downhill at safety. Um and he's good. He's fast, too. So you've got all those guys. Um, but I'll say this, too. The ends have to, to have to play with the run better. And it's not just your guys like Zach Pickens and Boogie Huntley on the inside. I think Boogie – and look, I, I'm going to say this. I love Jabari Ellis. I thought Jabari Ellis gave all he had. Um, people didn't notice it in 2020 uh, when he was the best D tackle on a bad defense, right? Uh, he just played his butt off uh, and started last year and – uh, you know, you just wish a guy like him the best because, you know, he, he just kind of got discovered and went to junior college uh, from Lake Marion, South Carolina, and all that great story, right? I think Boogie Huntley is going to be an upgrade uh, mm-hmm. to him. Uh, and I also think Taka Hemingway could be an upgrade in there. Uh, you still got MJ Webb that can give you some snaps. Uh, you know, I watched Boogie come a long way uh, during the course of last season. Uh, and so I think he's going to be helpful against the run. He made some great plays against the run. Zach Pickens, if he has his best year, he's going to make plays. Can Jordan Strong and Jordan Burks play the run better than last year? Can What about Dawkins? How, how is he going to play the run? I think Tyreek Johnson at end is going to be a guy that, uh, you know, is going to surprise you against the run. So that's a long answer, <laughs> obviously, but uh, – you know, I think speed at linebacker, improved tackling, uh, and run play by the line, and don't and, and game passer, don't count out the ends in this because it's easy to sit there and go, your D tackles are screwing up or whatever. 
Uh, it's easy to play that game. The ends have to play the run too. They're not just pass rushers. So especially in this league. So well, you remember Connie used to chase them back, you know, behind the in the backfield <laughs> from the other side of the line. You know, just yeah. length and speed just kills. <laughs> the worst, the worst idea I've ever heard. And at times you could get by with this with Clowney, right? Uh, and I think in the pros they definitely do it. But in college, the worst idea I ever heard was let's just run right at Clowney. Right. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes, you know, you get him rushing, you, you know, you, you trick him, you get him rushing upfield and then you run past him or whatever. But, uh, and that's, that's a sound game plan, but let's just run right at him. Okay. <laughs> Good sure luck. Try it. Yeah. Uh, Vincent Smith's helmet says hello. So, you know, uh, all that <laughs> good stuff. Uh, it, I help consulting mailbag rolls on and we've got uh, some questions in inside the game Cox at Gmail. Um, uh, Brandon, thanks for, for uh, being prompt with the email there. Uh, Randall, Randall, that's a, that's a that's a snazzy profile picture you got there on your email, Randall. That's a nice yeah, time. Randy, you got, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, by the way, if you have not heard Mike Leach at SEC Media Days talking about ties, uh, it's worth it. Uh, one thing I don't see a lot of mention of Randall says, one thing I don't see a lot of mention of is the fact that we haven't really had a quarterback who consistently hit the deep balls is Dylan Thompson. And even he struggled at times there. I think Dylan and Jake, even though this may be sacrilege, because I think people kind of look at Dylan as a good time in Gamecock history. And they look at Jake as maybe a bad time. I think they were kind of similar in that. Um, Now, Jake had some games where it just the deep ball just was not connecting. Dylan was more game to game inconsistency, but you know, Dylan threw the winning touchdown. Uh, really a similar play against Michigan, and Jake missed Shy Smith against North Carolina. So maybe that's uh, maybe that's why people think that, but I, I think they both were kind of similar. But yeah, they were they were not consistent. Uh, and he says, you can say a lot about Rattler's weaknesses at quarterback, but by far his strength is throwing an accurate deep ball. I, yeah, I've seen this. Uh, I've seen it in practices, workouts, games at Oklahoma. Uh, absolutely. I mean, he puts it on a dime, you know, boom. Uh, and uh, hopefully maybe this documentary or whatever tonight uh, shows some of that. You know? yeah, some of the hidden um, receivers in stride and all that. Yeah, yeah. People are people are talking up Amari and Brown too. So, uh, you know that's that's his game. That's Amari and Brown's game. And, yeah, and, and, speed kills. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he his freshman year at Georgia Tech when he tied Calvin Johnson's record. It, he didn't have a ton of receptions, but uh, I think he had 30, 30 catches and seven touchdowns. So it's almost a third of the time he's catching a touchdown. Uh, he said last year we couldn't seem to consistently hit those passes. I wonder if we'll see a lot more of that with Rattler and how that could be a really big difference this season with offensive performance. What do you and Phil think? Also, great work on the show. It sounds great. Guests are great and love getting two hours every day. Keep up the good work and thank you, Randy. Ah, see, I need to read like how people sign their emails before I just look at the emails, Phil. I'm like I'm like Anchorman, you know. Oh, San Diego, San Diego. Oh, um, you know, because I'll just read it and then I get to the bottom and. Uh, people sign their emails with like nicknames and stuff. And I'm like, man, I hope I didn't just like dox this person or whatever, or call, 
call them by their Christian name, you know. I'm like, it's, it's Randy. I'm sorry, Randy. I should have, I should have done that. But uh, thank you for the kind words about the show. I'm having a blast, Phil, doing same, this. Same, same, JC. This and, is this has been great. Mm. And I can't wait. It, it's probably gonna get a little slow here because we're gonna get in the dog days where there's not a lot to talk about during. Uh, everybody's sick of talking about practice, uh, but then the season's gonna crank up, and you know we're gonna. The day before the first game, you know, it's 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 going to be a celebration, you know, right here inside the Gamecocks show, uh, pregame type of deal and all that. Um, well, Phil, I you know I I agree. I think that you know, like the Clemson game last year, right? And and yeah. Carolina had trouble getting a playoff in that one. But if you have a guy against that defense that they run, and I've seen it not from South Carolina recently, uh, except 2018. You remember that game uh, where Jake threw for 510 yeah. yards. Points, points, um, points. <laughs> you know, uh, the, that's how that's how you kind of get a team like that to back off uh, is you, you chunk it deep, uh, you know, because they, they don't want your band to play. You know, they don't want to give up touchdowns. Yeah, with a front seven like that, it's good to you got to stretch the field uh, both horizontally and vertically to keep mm-hmm. them honest. You know that way you can get some running off. Yeah, and, and you know then they can't stack it in there and all that. And I think a big problem last year, especially early on, was teams like figured out how to play Carolina and exploit their weakness early. They're like, well, you've got a graduate assistant at quarterback, you've got a guy that came in from St. Francis and you got Luke Doty, who's got a broken foot. Let's just let them throw, you know, and, and dare them to throw. And we're not going to let Kevin Harris and uh, Zaquandre White and Marshawn Lloyd beat us. And uh, a lot of teams played the Gamecocks that way. Uh, Missouri to a certain extent did, but by that time, I think they were more about like just disrupting Jason Brown or whatever. I can't believe Carolina had 250 yards. Anyway, I don't want to digress. Um, But you're right, a deep vertical passing attack. And you have receivers, too, outside of Josh Van that can get open. And, and, And here's something that's encouraging about the offensive game plans and the offensive coordinator and the system and all that. And I'm going to take you back to the Georgia game, which wasn't much of a game, but if you think about early on when it was competitive, what was South Carolina doing? They were launching it, you know, over the top of that front. And what did Alabama do against them in the SEC championship game? Exactly. In Atlanta, yeah. Launching it. Yeah, in Atlanta. It worked. And then they, they then they kept trying to launch it in Indianapolis, and they had their third team receivers who were not <laughs> no no longer, right, yeah. yeah, no longer part of the program. So, so you know, and, and Carolina would launch it with Josh Van. I think Jalen Brooks got a nice catch in that game, too, or whatever. Well, now you have Josh Van. And you have Juice Wells, and you have Amarian Brown, like we talked about. And Xavier Leggett can get deep and has speed. And, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And Jaheim Bell, dare I say it, tied in. And Austin Stein. I mean, so there's more options. Plus, you have Spencer Rattler throwing you the ball. You know, I, I think that could work. I oh, definitely yeah, I mean, think you that don't, could work. Before – we all realized what we had with Jaheim Bell last year and Van was really the only known quantity. It's easy to take one guy off the field, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. But if you're having to figure out which of these three guys is going to be the one where the ball goes to, good luck. <laughs> yeah. And you got a guy that's, uh, I think the most important thing for Spencer though, is to remain poised in the pocket. Uh, he needs to kind of, 
play a little a little bit zen, sort of yeah. like uh, like Connor Shaw by the end of his career was really good. And this this has been a problem with Luke Doty, right? Not knowing how to really massage. I guess that's a good a good thing to say, massage that run game, quarterback run game, mm-hmm. knowing how to when to run, when to stand in the pocket. And Connor Connor wasn't. Uh, yeah, he, he drove Spurrier crazy a little bit early on with that, uh, and I think I think it's some Doty needs to learn. But I, I think that's important for Rattler this year uh, to use his wheels when he needs to use them, um, and otherwise remain in the pocket because they're look. Even if the offensive line's better, folks, you're going to pay some play some teams that can pass rush. I mean that's. Uh, yeah, your quarterback's going to hit the grass. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to, and, and those those longer passes are slower developing type plays, uh, which is why you know I, I, the under center stuff works sometimes. But I don't, you know, I'm like I'm not a huge fan of it. But anyway, uh, but I, I think South Carolina this year uh, wants to establish the run. I think people aren't talking about that enough. Uh, I think they want to get the run game going. I think they're going to use quick the quick passing game. Uh, to kind of help with that. Uh, and then I think they'll take shots down the field. And uh, I think that is a great strategy if you want to get right down to it. All right. Our number one presented by Cindy Searfoss has flown by. We've got our number two coming up. Jamie Bradford at the bottom of the hour. Great to have JB on right here on the inside the game. Cox, the show we'll be back after these messages. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die. Our Gamecock fan has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast, Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker King. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? 
let's say you need catering, you need a food truck, you just need to get some delicious food to feed some people, Nana's Porch is the place for you. I've known Chris, the owner, for years now. Uh, They helped with the Big Spur Golf Tournament. Uh, catering it. It was delicious. I highly encourage you uh, to go visit nanasporch.com. That's nanasporch.com right now uh, to take a look at their services, their menu items, everything you may need for your event, the professionalism, the food, the taste. uh, It's unrivaled. Uh, in this space. 336-259-7550 is the phone number. Or again, go to nanasports.com. Uh, we talk about them all the time. They uh, sponsor the chat line here on the podcast, but uh, wanted to tell you about it right here, straight from JC. Tell them JC sent you, uh, and please support this Gamecock-owned and operated business. Also a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Are we back? Yes, sir. Ah, yes. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta get that. I gotta get on that bumper music, man. I gotta I got, get that's it. Yeah, we we gotta get some intros going. But we'll, yeah, we'll, it's crazy. So uh, look, um, Bruce Feldman has his freaks list out. I, I, we'll, we're gonna dive into this later this week. Um, <laughs> no gamecocks on it, but a former gamecock is on it. Um, I talked the other day about, you know, uh, uh, Eric Wolford when he was here recruiting Northern Virginia pretty well. They signed a guy named Jesus Gibbs, right? Mm. I hope it's Jesus. Yeah, it may be Jesus. Jesus Gibbs, Jesus Gibbs. Anyway, uh, from Northern Virginia, he, he didn't like it at Carolina, right? He, he kind of got homesick, left quickly. Um, <clears throat> six four two sixty. They talked about him maybe being a defensive lineman. Uh, that previous staff did, uh, even though he's recruited as an O-lineman. Well, he went to Towson State, uh, the Tigers, in Towson, Maryland, close to his home. He's like 37th on Feldman's Freaks list. <laughs> Six four two sixty. This guy's going to play in NFL football. I mean, he was a, uh, a major uh, – a good get from up there. You know, Carolina's gotten – uh, from up there, they got three linemen. They got him. They got him, and of course, he left. But looks like he's doing awfully well. Um, Jakai Moore, who unfortunately has had a bunch of injuries, and I think Jakai's best days are ahead of him. And they got Vershawn Lee, who they beat Pitt for. Uh, Pitt's sneaky good. Uh, the guy Pat Narduzzi, their head coach, was on staff with D'Antonio at Michigan State, so he's learned how to evaluate. Uh, and Vershawn Lee's probably one of the better offensive linemen in the program right now. Um, would like to see the Gamecocks get more from Northern Virginia since they're doing so well in Maryland and D.C. right now. That's a good, Northern Virginia is very good uh, football uh, territory. So I uh, just wanted to mention the freaks list there. Also uh, going to talk a little Star Wars right now. Uh, and this is also – you can read Bruce Feldman's freaks list on The Athletic if you're a subscriber. I subscribe to The Athletic. I don't agree with most of the stuff that they talk about when you talk about big-picture college football, but I also watch ESPN, and I don't agree with uh, what they have to say, big-picture either. But uh, uh, it's good stuff. It's a good read from a lot of these guys. Uh, This is one I want to kind of take exception to. Uh, Seth Emerson did this a few weeks ago. He he ranked the SEC programs as far as Star Wars uh, series, franchises, uh, whatever, and and so here's where the Gamecocks were. I mean, I, and I, th- I think Alabama got Empire Strikes Back. I'm not positive. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. Kenobi. <laughs> uh, now this is snarky, right? And, and he and, I, and Seth Emerson wrote this. Seth used to work, I think, in the game comp market. Uh, good guy, good writer. Really, don't often have any kind of issue with anything he writes. But I think this is kind of what South Carolina sometimes is up against when when you just talk in in, in general, you know, generalities, whatever. You could probably throw every SEC East team not named Georgia or Vanderbilt into a jumble this year and not be surprised who finishes in what's or what order. That's true. South Carolina looks like a solid team this year, not a threat to Georgia, but respectable. <laughs> not a threat. Absolutely to not a threat to Georgia. Not a threat. <laughs> no threat. Uh, judging from the poll question on on the Big Spur and on Twitter. Gamecock fans kind of agree. Uh, <laughs> I'll throw it in Georgia because they, they, they're like, oh, it's much more likely to beat Arkansas. That's what Kenobi was as a miniseries, respectable, but it suffered from the core problem of everyone knowing what happens to the main characters. It was fun seeing those same characters in other familiar scenes. It also may be fun seeing Spencer Rattler at a new school, but you kind of know how it's going to end. Uh so you're telling me, Phil, <laughs> that eventually, you know, eventually, you know, the Gamecocks are going to kind of walk into the Death Star and have a lightsaber battle with uh, Lord Vader and, and, and our heads are going to come off? Uh, you know, if we meet Lord Vader in Atlanta on the Death Star, I'd be perfectly happy to see that. So, you know, I don't know. I, I would, I would kind of like to see, like, Star Wars characters instead of uh, some. Yeah, of that's what I was thinking uh, before I actually started reading. Is like characters would be interesting, but you know, eh, you know, Kenobi. Yeah, Land, you know, I, I'd like the game. Who are the game guys? Like Lando Calrissian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lando Calrissian. Vandy would probably be like Admiral Akbar. You know, oh, no everybody doubt. sort of. Uh, you know, a nice character, but not very important to the in the grand scheme of things. Except yeah. it's a, got a soft spot. Yeah, soft spot in everybody's heart, but yeah, you're like, not main it's, character. <laughs> it's a trap. It's uh, a trap. I think Arkansas would be job of the hut, just because Arkansas is kind of like the outpost. You know, uh, Auburn would be Boba Fett probably. Um, shoot, I could go on and on. I, I'll write it down, and we'll we'll discuss this tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, we'll put our list together. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll put a list together on that. But I wanted to mention that just because I do think there's some general, ooh, uh, that's the best way I can describe it is like media looking at Carolina going, ooh. You know, yeah. look, man, <laughs> I, I know this team, you know, at, at the same time people talk, oh, Shane Beamer's done a great job, but, you know, they're probably still building or whatever. And, and look. I don't think people realize like how many veterans come back on this roster and then how much they added in the portal and through recruiting. And then on top of that, how many people are healthy this year that weren't? I, you know, I, I like this roster, Phil. I really do. I, I've said before, it's the best roster since 2013. I like, I like the depth that we have, the yeah. experience. I mean, I, I, you know, let them sleep, but you know, let them sleep. on. Yeah. I, I just, you know, and, and I get it, you know. You got to earn respect is earned, right? Uh, but but I, I just you know I just don't know how many these people are d- digging in a whole lot on it. You know, I, I don't know. So anyway, congrats to Brandon again for winning the trivia. 
uh, on the uh, Nana's Porch chat box. Uh, we'll we did get, get your address too, Brandon, so we'll get that yep. out to you. Mail, uh, it'll be in this afternoon's mail, sir. Uh, remember Shawshank when he goes, could you put this in your afternoon mail? Could you put that? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Mostly, I just miss my friend. Oh, <laughs> that kind of chokes me up sometimes. I don't even start thinking about Shawshank right now, right? No. Um, get back to the Nanosports chat line. Keep those chats coming in. Uh, if you've got something for JB, we got him up here in 18 minutes, man. I'm fired up to, 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 to hear the great one talk again. Uh, let's start calling him the great one. JB. Great JB one. I love that. Yeah, that's good. The great one. Um, so on OutKick, and look, I'm, this is not going to be a political show, so please don't. Please don't get mad at me for reading out kick. Uh, It's about sports gambling and and odds for the Heisman. Uh, And he does what CJ Stroud is the favorite to win at the quarterback for Ohio state, Bryce young. Uh, I mentioned Will Anderson. I think after uh, some people, the media and rightfully so were, you know, what the heck's going on? He's not, you know, why wasn't he even voted? And the Heisman's a joke, blah, blah, blah. So this guy, uh, David Troy talks about Quinn Ewers from Texas being um, a uh, dark horse. And look, man, <laughs> he's 35 to one. <laughs> you put a honey on it, you make $3,500. I, 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 I don't even like, okay, so in Illinois, when I'm in Illinois, I get a little, I got a little, the Barstool Sports app or whatever where you can, you can put a, a couple bucks on a game. I mean, uh, I don't mind admitting that. I don't think I'm a bad person. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not illegal. It's like uh, buying a lottery ticket. But um, I, I, I never touched Texas. I wouldn't touch Texas with a 10-foot pole until they prove that they are not soft. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. This, the, the quarterback, Ewers, is a hell of a talent. But, I mean, look, man, this guy's already transferred once, NIL, this, that, and the other. I don't. It just seems um, like they're transferring some of that Arch Manning hype to this year. It was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> he's not starting this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he said too. He, he mentioned this too. He said Caleb Williams at plus seven hundred, uh, who's at Southern Cal. You know, followed Lincoln Riley out there, the guy that beat out Rattler. Mm, uh, maybe a value pick there. And then he mentioned Spencer Rattler, right? So this this can get Gamecock fans excited. Spencer Rattler left Oklahoma and has a chance to be the Heisman winner if he makes South Carolina a realistic contender. He's good, of course, but it didn't work out on a better team. So this is still unlucky. But he mentioned it. You know, mm-hmm. Rattler, uh, Rattler's on the board with, with some of this stuff. So uh, I'm going to tell you right now, my pick at plus 3,500, and I've said this, I, I do. Uh, I didn't do it today, but I usually every Wednesday morning I'm on with Wimp and Barry Sanderson and Tuscaloosa just talking about college football in general or whatever. Um, I said Jameer Gibbs, uh, who's going to be uh, the probably the starting running back at Alabama, uh, transfer in from Georgia Tech. Uh, people don't, I don't think, really understand. South Carolina fans know about him because the Gamecocks recruited him. Uh, out of high school, but uh, I don't think people understand how good this guy's going to be. And I, I said it like nine months ago. They're like, you're crazy. <laughs> I was like, ah, wait and see. Well, he only had 800 yards at Georgia Tech. I'm like, Georgia Tech has a basically a Southern Conference roster, okay? <laughs> they don't have much talent down on the flats, right? No, no. Uh, you know, which is unfortunate. But um, so he got out of there. Now he's played at Bama. Mm-hmm. 
Watch that guy. Watch that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put a dollar on it, so I'll win 35 You know, <laughs> maybe maybe 350 I don't know. I don't know what that would transfer to. Uh, but anyway, uh, so that's an interesting thing uh, for David Troy, 35 to 1. Uh, sprinkle, he calls it a sprinkle, but uh, anyway, go check that out. Uh, we had, um, we had, uh, what do we have? What do we, we had uh, Joseph coming in on the Nana Sports chat line saying, Are y'all going to cover spreads and give your picks? I'm in a few football pools and enjoy hearing other people's opinions. It'd be cool if you could do a pool with the community on the channel on the chat box. Maybe so. Maybe I got I, I, I got to upgrade my prize game because I'm sitting here with magnets and Mayor <laughs> McCheese. Uh, so, you know, anyway. But, Joseph, that's a good idea. I'm going to work on that, buddy, because we got mm-hmm. time. We got we got about three weeks here. We can oh, work yeah, on plenty it. of time to get that going. I was thinking put about that yesterday, together. too, JC. Let's put some, put some picks together. Yeah. Put some picks together and get the get the chat box going and uh, and see who wins there. Uh, Craig says he misses JB and get Darren. We all do. We yeah, man. But we're glad you're here, Craig. <laughs> uh, you know, we, 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 we try to live up to those standards. And you know, here in about 14 minutes, the great one will join us. Uh, Rob, Dr. Rob, welcome in to the Nana Sports chat box. Uh, you probably recognize the last name there. <laughs> uh, sponsors the, the first hour of our show. By the way, hour number two uh, is presented by the Remax at the Lake Burgesson team. All your commercial real estate needs. Uh, give them a holla. You've heard the, uh, the 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 ad with the email. Email Adam if you want uh, all your it, whole state of South Carolina. You know commercial real estate needs. I, I failed to mention that at the top. I, I need to get better uh, about that. Rob says I see a lot of Arkansas and Kentucky hype. I know they can run the ball, but can they stretch the field vertically this year? They both lost a lot of multiple vertical threats. That's a big question, and that's a good question. Um, mm-hmm. Now. Those are two different animals, you know, because I think I have a lot of trust in the Art Bryles system. Um, He made a believer out of me, uh, Art did, when Baylor played North Carolina, I think in 2015 in the, uh, it's been like the Tangerine Bowl, the Tire Bowl, what, I don't even know what it is now. It's it's the, it's the number, there's three bowls in Orlando, it's the number two one that that Clemson played in last year, the Tangerine Bowl or whatever. So, uh, it was Cheez-It, Cheez-It Bowl. It was Jesus. the cheese yeah, right. bowl now. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was called the cheese bowl. Anyway, so so they they lost all their quarterbacks, Baylor, and they started a wide receiver at quarterback. Uh, of course, Kentucky did the same thing a couple of years ago, but different animal. Uh, and he uh, at the end of the game, I think Baylor won like sixty something to something, and they had seven hundred yards of offense. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, uh, Arkansas you know, Baylor, and and he's he's continuing to impress at Arkansas. I think. Yeah, Ken, Kendall, you know, yeah, and your Kendall, Kendall Browse offense is just like that. And so, if they don't have a vertical threat, they may just line up and run it. I mean, Carolina's got to stop the run, and they've got to commit to it. And the first three games, like I said, are gonna are gonna tell it. Now, South Carolina has a good day on defense, stops the run, bottles them up. Auburn had some success doing a lot of t- some teams had success against Arkansas doing that last year. Um, you know, I, I, I think you br- it's a good point because I don't, I really don't know uh, who they do have to stretch the field. There may be somebody, you know, somebody always emerges, but, uh, and with Kentucky, Wandell Robinson, 
you know, is gone. Amazing bowl game. I think it affects Kentucky a lot more than Arkansas. And, and yeah. I, the, I, the the Will Levis hype uh, is good. And see, there's been so many different opinions. You know, we had Michael Bratton on uh, earlier on Monday. Uh, he's not buying Kentucky at all. He thinks Kentucky's going to lose five or six games. Uh, Brad's on. Brad thinks Kentucky's going to win ten. You know, and so so there's all these mixed opinions. I do think Robinson was such a special player for them that could, you know, when when their their offense is not designed to be as explosive uh, or, or as creative uh, as Browse at Arkansas, um, their pro style system, um, you know, with wrinkles, you know, Rams, 49ers, whatever, uh, and so that hurts them if they can't do that because just like with South Carolina last year, teams can load up and, and try to stop those running backs. Arc, Kentucky also – this this gets lost too, Phil. Kentucky loves to line up and run the ball. They love to be a pro-style team. They lost three really good offensive linemen. That's it. I mean, when you look at Kentucky, J.C., on the offensive side of the ball, most of their returning production is in quarterback and in the backfield. And everything else is a question mark really heading into this season. Yeah, definitely. Scott – Comes in on the chat line, listening in from work. Love the new show, Small Town of Wallace, South Carolina. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's uh, that's where Savell Newton's from. We talked about Savell Newton earlier. I think I think that's Marlboro County. Uh, Scott, thank you for for chiming in. I love it when people say, "Hey, I'm tuning in from here, tuning in from there." That's just uh, that's awesome for us uh, and all that. Uh, Clint talks about Jameer Gibbs. He says favorite running back in the last five classes. Um, He's going to be special, yeah. Yeah, uh, Quantrell said. Quantrell knows says. Speaking of bowls, why does it seem like the Rose Bowl is the most coveted out of all the New Year's Six bowls from a media perspective? The Tradition, granddad of it all. I mean, look, man. You, you want to talk? We talked about bucket list earlier. Hey, that'd be a that's good a bucket list for me. <laughs> that's right. Like, I, like I have some buddies, and, and and I don't know. Some of our friends from the Upstate may get mad at me for saying this, but. I have some family that's Clemson, right? Some fams. Well, you know. You can't avoid uh, it up here. Yeah. I have a, obviously, you got family. But I have way more friends that are Georgia and Tennessee fans, like friends that are Georgia and Tennessee fans than Clemson. <laughs> In fact, uh, you know, outside of one one good friend that I went to high school with, my my Clemson buddies are like my Clemson media buddies that they, they, they cover Clemson and, and all that. You know, I mean, they're like my best Clemson friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have an ex-girlfriend I'm still friends with that's a Clemson person. But, you know, she she doesn't care. Uh, you could hear her. You've actually heard her voice on the podcast. You know, she, she, did, she, does, the, she does the damn <laughs> intro, you know. But uh, that's a Clemson person. Yeah, you're gonna, Everybody's going to be out there like, that tater woman on the beginning of your show. <laughs> I gotta get her off. Get her off. Uh, But anyway, I have a lot of Georgia friends, you know, and I was very, very jealous of them um, in 2017, not because they played for the national championship and had success and, you know, beat the Gamecocks or or whatever, you know, but that schedule that year was awesome. If you were a Georgia fan in 2017, there was a dream. How could you, even even though they won it this year, Phil, and Mm -hmm. didn't that year? How could you ever have another season like that? Okay, so it started uh, week two in South Bend, Indiana. And they literally came up here and took over Notre Dame Stadium, right? Right? Um, I remember that. And, and, uh, you know, and and so they come up here. And, like, my buddy buddy Kevin, who's a big dog, big old dog, 
um, brought his son. And I was like, man, that what a magic. I don't, I, at that point, and, and Georgia won by one point, uh, started to shoot. Jake Fromm had to come in because their starter got hurt that game, beat Notre Dame in South Bend by one point. Uh, I don't care what your opinion is of Notre Dame, winning up there is special. Uh, every time you do it. Uh, and uh, so they got to go to South Bend. So I was like, oh, it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, maybe y'all can go to the Citrus Bowl, you know? <laughs> you know? Uh, and then they proceed uh, to know? wax soundly everyone. Yeah, because at the time, they just, lost their, they just lost their starting quarterback. You got Jake Fromm as a true freshman. I'm like, there's no way these guys, you know, make it through. Later in the year, they got waxed by Auburn. And you're like, oh, well, I told you so. You know, that kind of thing. Um well, then that's when the magic happened because Auburn beats – Auburn was the best team in the country for two weeks that year. And then they beat Bama, and then they got they got injured in that one, and then they go to the Dome or the Mercedes-Benz and lose to Georgia, so Georgia gets in the playoffs. Well, where's the semifinals? To the Rose Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wow. So you go to South Bend, and then you get another game later in the year in the Rose Bowl. I don't think – I think Georgia may have played in the Rose Bowl in the 30s or something back before, but I mean that that is an awesome deal. And and there's a sea of uh, red in that one. Oh, 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 you know, my buddy Kevin took his son. I mean, hey, uh, and then uh, to and then in, in, in something that's like probably special, uh, but also is probably a little easier on the pocketbook after or the credit card after going all the way to California, they get to play for the national championship against the hated Crimson Tide at Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta. Uh, and I was actually at that game, uh, uh, you know, and uh, it was the best game I've ever seen in my life. Uh, of course, Bama won and broke their hearts with two minutes to go. Uh, but uh, just, you know, jealousy of the Georgia fan base. So, so to Quantrell's point, um, I just think it's tradition. I, th- I think with this whole UCLA and SC going to the Big Ten, Rose Bowl may be on the clock. <laughs> uh, and they they like to think of themselves as the you know the granddaddy. It's not that they actually believe that crap. The, this this game's more important than a championship game. I'm like, no, you're no. stupid. Your stupid, uh, uh, you know, haughtiness is the reason we didn't have a national championship. We had a split national champions, you know, uh, and it's ridiculous. But uh, you know, so that as far as the operations of the Rose Bowl and their attitude, I can't stand it. But uh, I would like to go to a Rose Rose Bowl. And here's something that's going to make everybody cry. In 2013, I've said this many times, uh, the two most costly losses in Gamecock football history were 1984 against Navy. There's a song lyric about it. Patrick Davis, big old cock. We just beat Navy. We'd won it all for sure. 2013. Tennessee and Knoxville. I've I've told the story many times. I'm not going to talk about the – horrible person I was with and all that. But the way things played out, uh, Gamecocks win that one. They'd have won at Missouri. They'd have won the East. The kick six was that year. So you knocked off a Bama team. I don't think the 2013 Gamecocks matched up well against. You'd have played an Auburn team that I think, you know, because look at the next year in 2014 against Auburn, how Steve Spurrier dismantled Ellis Johnson's defense. Because, well, the head ball coach would – I mean, everything was kind of a competition to him, so he would, like, call plays against Ellis in practice every day. So he knew him, you know. And so that Gamecock team, to me, with – you know, still had Clowney on defense, Quarles, Victor Hampton. To me, 
probably would have given Auburn a game. Well, then Urban Meyer loses at Ohio State to Michigan State. That's when he sat on the floor and cried and ate the pizza. What a weirdo, by the way. <laughs> Freaking weirdo. Um, so He's Michigan, back on TV this year, too, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Michigan State knocks, knocks them oh. off. <laughs> The, it had the Gamecocks beaten Tennessee and gone on and beaten Auburn, which I think they would have had a 50 50 shot. I don't think that Auburn team was dramatically superior to South Carolina. Plus, there was the matchup issue. Um, that was Gus's first year back. Um, Gamecocks versus Florida. Steve Spurrier in South Carolina versus Florida State in the Rose Bowl for the final BCS National Championship game. Oh, could you imagine all the hype and talk leading into that matchup? <laughs> yeah, and look, I'm going to say this right now. Carolina was getting the nod because if you look back at that season after the, the Citrus Bowl that year, uh, Carolina finished fourth in the country, finished ranked fourth. Because right. uh, they had big wins. Like UCF was really good. Carolina went on the road and beat them. They won at Missouri. was in the top five. They beat Clemson, who won the Orange Bowl. Ah. <laughs> so, so 2013, we, we look back on it, we were closer than we think. And uh, uh, I would have probably uh, sold my arm to go watch the Gamecocks play in the Rose Bowl for the national title. Now, would they have beaten that Florida State team with famous Jameis and, you know, the crab leg guy and uh, all that? I don't know. Auburn gave them a good game. But, uh, you know, again, it would have been about matchups. I have to go look at it. All right, we are way over. Uh, right here. We got to hit a break. Uh, coming back, the great one, Jamie Bradford joins us from JB and Goldwater fame. Uh, talk Gamecocks, college football, memory lane. Answer some of your questions from the Nana Sports chat line and the IL Consulting Mailback. We'll be back after these messages. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email's on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. 
Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Let's say you need catering. You need a food truck. You just need to get some delicious food to feed some people. Nana's Porch is the place for you. I've known Chris, the owner, for years now. Uh, They helped with the Big Spur Golf Tournament. Uh, catering it. It was delicious. I highly encourage you uh, to go visit nanasporch.com. That's nanasporch.com right now uh, to take a look at their services, their menu items, everything you may need for your event, the professionalism, the food, the taste. uh, It's unrivaled. Uh, in this space. 336-259-7550 is the phone number. Or again, go to nanasports.com. Uh, we talk about them all the time. They uh, sponsor the chat line here on the podcast, but uh, wanted to tell you about it right here, straight from JC. Tell them JC sent you, uh, and please support this Gamecock-owned and operated business. Also a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. All right, we are back. Z-Mule! Z-Mule says, welcome, Jamie. We will have you intro music next time. Uh, by the way, this is this is Z-Mule. He's going to help us pick games this year. So, Hello, Phil! Hello, Jamie! <laughs> the, the, great, the great one has joined us. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I, I just gave you that nickname, man. Uh, Jamie, oh. Jamie Bradford from Jamie and Goldwater. Uh, fame, uh, also a uh, an outstanding person and expert, and well, you name it. Just, just we're just glad to have Jamie on. Uh, he's here on the guest line. Brought to you by uh, McKellarEnterprises.org. Meredith Taylor uh, going to teach you some golf lessons. Get that swing squared away with Meredith. Uh, you've heard how to contact her. Follow her on Twitter at mer Taylor. Uh, she's going to join us on Friday. Jamie, lots going on around Gamecock land and college football, uh, but, you know, just in general, I know you keep your finger on the pulse of things and stuff. The word I get is excitement, looking forward to it, uh, you know, all that good stuff. You know, how is your feel? You know, because I, I think people would be interested in that. You know, I hadn't heard from you in a while, so. First of all, it's good because I look over here and I see all these people that used to watch and listen to us and i appreciate that i don't know where the great one came from that's ridiculous i came I up with that. that it came up with that two, like five minutes ago okay. <laughs> well uh we certainly appreciate that and it's good to be able to kind of dabble back into it a little bit with you and i know you you and i have talked a lot off air we talk all the time mm-hmm. so I'll, i'm gonna be doing some stuff with uh with bill gunner and 107.5 the game here that starting in the next week or two uh, so I'll, I'll, I'm still around, uh, still, still kind of in the thick of it with a bunch of folks up there. And so my feel actually right now is pretty good. Um, you know, you, when you, when you kind of start to look at the, I always look at the players. I mean, that's where it should start, right. Is, is with the players. Like, do you have good players or not? Ha- or do you not have good players? Mm-hmm. And South Carolina has got some pretty good players, uh, you know, on defense, you got two, five stars up there and, 
on the defensive line. You got a, a potential All-American uh, behind them at, uh, in the secondary in Cam Smith. You got uh, Spencer Rattler at quarterback. You got Marshawn Lloyd at running back and, and other guys. You got a bunch of wide receivers you're excited about. You return an offensive line that's eight or nine deep. I mean, we could keep going here. And, yeah. um, you know, so I think for the first time in a long time, they've got a bunch of really good players. And this is going to sound, sound strange. But because the season was somewhat of a letdown, even though they had some some big wins, but I probably haven't seen this much excitement going into a season since 2014. Now, mm. Texas A&M promptly came into Williams-Brice and ended all those hopes and dreams real quick. <laughs> but, but going into the year, everybody was pretty fired up because of what had happened the, the three previous seasons. So it's been a while, um, but so far so good, and hopefully they stay healthy over the next few weeks. Yeah, it's it's been a good off season. I mean, not just from you know when you look at the players and, and all that good stuff, but uh, just you know, recruiting is going really well. By the way, Xavier McLeod, I'll just go ahead and say it uh, in case we don't get to it. Announcing Saturday, I still like the Gamecocks' chances. Defensive tackle from Camden. Yeah. Uh, Gamecocks could add Vicari Swain here pretty soon too, and maybe some others. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I look at it and I'm like, I'm a little surprised that. Uh, and I guess it's just because there's so many teams with like that you you want to believe in this year, but you, you don't. And and even Georgia to me, Jamie is like, okay, yes, I know they're immensely talented. Yes, I would pick them to win the SEC East, but look at what they lost, you know. And and this is not yeah. Nick Saban at Alabama. This this is the you know they're not there. I mean, even though they won, they're not there yet. You know, they they haven't stacked. I mean, even Bama. In 2010, that team, the Gamecocks, beat. They lost three games that year because they lost a lot off their team from last year. So, you know, I I, I, I wonder why people don't kind of look more closely at the Gamecocks, but I guess I kind of understand it. And to me, Jamie, and let's see what you think about this, it's probably better uh, because that that 2014 team was ultra-hyped. They did a Steve Spurrier, Kenny Chesney movie that offseason, dude. I mean, yeah. It was a was gonna shoot. I just stand. Coach Ward says our defense is gonna be better this year. Steve yeah. <laughs> Neal says that's a pile of just stop, stop embarrassing me. Uh, but yeah, so so what do you? What, I almost think it's better to kind of be under the radar right now. Well, I think it's better for South Carolina uh, to be under the radar right now. I mean, look, the difference is those teams that you mentioned, Georgia and Alabama in particular, and then the rest of the powers in the SEC when they have really good seasons, even if there's conversation amongst the national pundits that maybe they're not going to be as good, they're still expected to be able to replace those type players because historically, that's what they've done. But that's not what's happened historically at places like South Carolina and Kentucky and Ole Miss and Mississippi State and, and, and quote-unquote, the blue-collar programs in this league that will flash and then they kind of will, will die out here and there, right? So – you know, they, it's, you know, it's, it's to your own, it's, I don't want to say it's your own fault, but it's your own history. I mean, South Carolina's never really sustained anything, um, you know, outside of a few spurts here and there. And so they don't ever really get a lot of recognition until they go out there and actually prove it. I mean, was it last Friday that 12, uh, they were basically picked by all the coaches to be the 12th best team in the SEC based on votes received? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't really think that's going to happen. I think that they're going to be much better than that. But, you know, if, if Shane Beamer plays his cards right, and he's not, he's not much like Coach Sweeney in this instance, but this would be somewhere where he needs to do it. 
that's a little bit of a shot at you, man. That's kind of some disrespect. Like, hey, the coaches, the guys that run the programs in this sport, your peers, they think you suck. The only two teams that are picked behind you are Missouri and Vanderbilt. Let that sink in real quick. Uh, so, you know, you get, you're going to have to have a – JC, we say this every year. We said it last year, and we, we said it the year before, and we said it the year before, and this year, if you want to take the next step, it's as important as ever. you got to beat somebody you're not supposed to beat. And last year, they beat Auburn, and they beat Florida, and they weren't supposed to beat either one of them, and then they were totally written off in the bowl game, and they beat the crap out of North Carolina. So they did that three times to get to seven wins. And you're more than likely going to have to do that at least three times this year if you want to improve on those seven. I agree, uh, definitely. Um, and, and, and this is our poll question, you know, because uh, Brad Crawford, he believes, we had him on yesterday, he thinks it's more likely that they upset Georgia than, than winning in Arkansas. Um, our Nobody's buying it. Uh, we have this poll on the Big Spur and also on Twitter, 84% say the more likely wins at Arkansas compared to 15 for Georgia. Uh, the Twitter numbers are the same. Yeah. I think you need to t- take it one game at a time. And if <laughs> I think if you're good enough to go on the road and beat Arkansas in week two, I think you're good enough to hang with Georgia. And and I think, I think some yeah. people are like, Oh, you're crazy, man. But you know, I, I just, I, you know what? I hate it because you know, I talked about my Georgia friends earlier, and they're like, you're always trying to have some reason why we're not Alabama. And I'm like, because you're not, you know? Uh, but um, but they could be. If they, if they have another great year this year and go to the playoff, they're well on their way. But I'm just, you know, that's just so much talent off that defense. So much talent. Uh, and if you get both of those, JB, you're 5-0 and going to, oh, to yeah. Lexington. So, yeah. You know. Well, look, I, I think I actually agree with Brad. I think it is Georgia. The, and the reason that I say that is because that's the – I mentioned earlier, prove it. Well, Carolina has not proven anything on the road at all since they beat mm-hmm. Georgia there in 2019. And that was – the. I mean, if you really look back at what happened in 2019 to 2020, I don't, I don't ever really want to call anything a fluke, but, damn, that's pretty close. I mean, it was just a strange day. And it happened to work out for South Carolina. You know, as Coach Spurrier used to say, well, you know, sometimes God's smiling on the Gamecocks. Well, he, was, yeah. he had a pretty big grin that day, that's for sure. I mean, but, <laughs> but since then, they, they uh, essentially on the road, they've done nothing. I mean, they've done nothing. They've gotten off to terrible starts uh, or they've gotten into terrible lulls. Last year was embarrassing everywhere they went, including Missouri, even though they kind of fought back towards the end and they hung in there in the first quarter. And then it just kind of fell apart. You can't have that at Arkansas. You will get beat there. And last year, you know, Arkansas didn't lose a game at home. I think they're 8-3 and three in Fayetteville or at home in the last two years combined. Two of those losses, by the way, are against teams named Georgia and Alabama. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's a big-time prove-it thing. But they have proven it in Williams-Brice Stadium against Georgia time and time again. They've done it a lot in the last 20 years, and they can do it. Uh, and it's a noon kick, and I think that works out. So, But I'm with you. I mean – as much as fun as it is to do it here on what August the tenth, mm-hmm. we'll we'll worry about Georgia uh, starting about September the eleventh uh, <laughs> after they get through that Arkansas game. Yeah, that's uh, I, I we had to, it was the audio was not all that great, so we we didn't hear exactly what he said, but I feel like. I feel like he thinks Georgia State's going to win the football game, um, uh, which I don't, I don't agree. Shut up. Anyway. Um, we had been more from uh, Panther PantherTalk.com, the Georgia State uh, Big Spur version of the Big Spur. Yeah. Uh, and he thinks they're going to win. But you, you look at their personnel, Jamie, and, and really the first three games. I keep uh, 
I keep rolling this uh, out. Yeah. All big time rushing attacks. All big time. You know, Georgia State was top ten. Arkansas was top ten. Georgia's Georgia. They were top thirty last year. All different, distinct styles of rushing attacks. Uh, it's a little scary, you know, when you think about the run defense from last year. Um, so I'm concerned about Georgia State. I, I you know, and sure, I want to get sure, your take absolutely. on that. You know, what no your take on that game? Uh, it's a night game. It should be great, but uh, should be a game the Gamecocks win. But I, I have a feeling that's a that's going to be a challenging matchup. Um, right out the gate. And when I say challenging, it's going to be a game the Gamecocks have to play well. If they play well, I think they'll win and probably win easily, but they can't they can't stump their toe in that one. Well, I mean, what what was what was the formula for the Gamecock defense last year? Turnovers. Turnovers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's that's where it starts and where it ends. You, you get turnovers, they're going to they're going to have a chance. I, I JC, if this offense isn't better than last year, there's a major major issue and it's not the personnel. Uh, so, um, but I think from what I've heard, it is better and they are clicking and they look good. And, and that starts at quarterback. I'm sure we'll get there in just a little bit, but I'm with you on that. I like Georgia state, uh, love Sean Elliott. It's impossible to not love Sean Elliott. Uh, he is an outstanding human being. He's a hell of a football coach. He is a probably, uh, would never admit it publicly, but JC, you and I aren't stupid. He is a closet Gamecock fan, but every fiber <laughs> of his body wants to win this game. And, and, um, you know, he, he's, he's got a lot of the, the right pedigree to be able to design a really good run rushing attack. We all know that he's good at that. He can find that. But again, this is about South Carolina. All right, let's put it this way. Phil, JC, Phil, the Mm -hmm. groundhog. I've been wanting to say that all day. All right. So, so, so look, if, if you had, Georgia, no, no, let's let's leave them out of this. Let's put another up-and-coming team that's gotten a lot of respect in the last couple of years, trendy-type programs who uh, media guys look at and they say, oh, yeah, they're going to be really good. Kentucky, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Arkansas, clearly A&M is, is there now. All right, let's just stay with those five. If you, if you didn't name another player on their defense, not one, but you said two of the starting four up front are former top ten players in the country, two of the highest signed, two of the top four highest signed players in the history of the program. Another kid led the nation in sacks two years ago, and one of their secondary members is a preseason All-American. What do you think everybody would be saying about that defense, regardless of who else is playing? Just those four guys. What do you think everybody else would be saying? They'd be like, you know, uh, they'd, they'd probably drooling. picking them second. Yeah, they'd be, I, they'd be drooling if Kentucky had two five stars up front starting named Jordan Birch and Zach Pickens and another guy named Jordan Strawn and another guy named Cam Smith. They would be drooling over that, but they ain't drooling over South Carolina. So, again, that's what we started this segment with. It goes back to the players. If you've got good players, you'll get people talking, and that's going to be their first opportunity to do it at 730 Saturday night at Williams Bryce. I know it's uh, it's one of those things where you just look at it and you know I I mean look man I, I am glad uh, that there's Georgia State fans uh, for Sean Elliott's uh, standpoint I'm glad that uh, and Ben Moore certainly does a great job for them 
He's the um, best program in Atlanta right now. Yeah, yeah, well, they're better than Georgia Tech, I'll tell you that. But, uh, yeah. you know, ooh, that's ugly down there. But um, I know. Sean, Sean Elliott, after the year, might have an offer just to drive about three miles down the street and coach. Shoot, I'd hire him tomorrow if I were Tech. I'd get that other guy. I never thought Collins was a good hire. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. But um, so, Rattler um, was reading up today uh, on OutKick. Of uh, David Troy, who does a little gambling type odds, you know, what was a good bet on the Heisman odds preseason, what was a bad one. He thought Rattler would be a bad one, but he's like, look, if he puts South Carolina in contention, he's going to be in contention for the Heisman. And which sounds, I mean, look, a Clemson fan that's sneakily listening to this show is probably going to clip this and say that I said Rattler's going to win the Heisman. However, I finally blocked that guy. Yeah, oh, well, there's all those guys. There, there's a big anonymous Clemson. Uh, I think it's the same guy too. Anyway, yeah. um, I was like, I mean, it doesn't offend me in any way, shape, or form. You got to be like a pretty pathetic loser to spend that much time on social media <laughs> focusing on your your rival. But I was like, dude, I'm not every, every. I check Twitter now like twice a day, and when I check it, I'm not gonna see this crap anymore. So yeah, so occupying rent free space in that guy's head. So yeah, that guy's nuts, a nut job. So so anyway, um, yeah. uh, Gosh, I lost my my train of thought here. Oh yeah, so Rattler and the Heisman. He was talking about it. He's like, well, if he puts him in contention, he's going to win the Heisman. Um, well, uh, you know, I I I agree because he's a known name. South Carolina starts winning like like we talked about five and zero. If they happen to start five and zero. 5-0 5-0 going to Lexington, which would be a huge game. And then if you beat them in Lexington, you're 6-0. and You have a week off. A&M's coming to town. Game day would probably be there for that if A&M you know, pulls its weight. But your expectations for him, I, 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 I think some of the narrative around him is unfair. I think some of it is fair. Uh, yeah. Different style offense. Uh, but you hear things coming out of practice like he puts it on the money every single time. Yeah, I've heard the same stuff, and I'm actually going to hop on a call a little bit later on today with somebody up there who's, let's just say, spent a lot of time around him, uh, a lot of time around uh, Spencer Rattler, and I've I've heard the same stuff. But as much as anything, JC, you know, I had a a source tell me last week, I'm not sure if in one of our late evening conversations if we've talked about this or not. Uh, I know Flint and I have. Uh, but uh, but um, one of the one of the one of the great things, which by the way, I think Michael was actually watching. He called me earlier and said, "I heard your dumbass is going on the uh, the Big Spur show today." I said, "Well, I'm I'm dumbass number one until you come in, and then you'll take over that spot." <laughs> yeah, but, we're uh, we're gonna have Flint on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I what I've heard, JC, uh, we know about his talent. Like, in if you think that you can discredit this young man's talent, you've never watched a snap of football in your life. We've seen it. We know he's talented. We're not stupid. Nobody's stupid. I think one of the questions is uh, how will that talent parlay to South Carolina? Because I, I honestly, I believe had he transferred to like Tennessee, oh my God, you wouldn't, you couldn't shut him up. I mean, it would be nonstop. But he's at South Carolina, and that's probably where some of the hesitation. And that's fine. I understand that. I'm not upset about that. But I think the main thing I've heard about Spencer Rattler is this is going to sound strange. But you'll get it. Both of you. Everybody should get this. When he walks into the huddle, everybody's paying pretty close attention to what he's got to say. Like they feel really good as in the that's my that's my quarterback right there. And that's no disrespect to anybody else on the roster, because I know that Luke is beloved up there. 
I know those guys are excited about him uh, getting his chance. He's going to play this year. We all know he's going to play this year. They got a bunch of young guys. Colton Gothier is still in the mix. I mean, they got a bunch of dudes, I think, that are really talented kids. But all of the dudes in that huddle watched this guy on TV as a Heisman Trophy candidate. They've Mm -hmm. all seen it. And so if he has a bad snap or something like that, there is no love. There's no lost trust in his ability. It's like, ah, that's Spencer. He'll get it. He'll get it right. As long as we do our thing, he's going to do his thing. So it's an instant gratification when he walks into the huddle and calls out that play. They know that what he's saying, they can trust it. And if they don't know what the hell he's talking about, because a lot of that happened last year, he's going to get it corrected for him, or at least he'll he'll call timeout and get it figured out. So the trust I've heard, from what I've heard, is enormous right now. And that, and that's very important when you have a transfer quarterback that uh, comes in and, you know, the things I've heard too, uh, JB and Phil, are, are that he, you know, oh, it's Spencer Rattler, and, and then you get this feedback like, Oh, he's a bad kid, or not a good teammate, or remember know, his, what he said? He was seventeen, and all. That. Yeah, all that crap. Um, and what I was told when they recruited him, uh, and and look, give Shane Beamer credit. Shane's not going to bring in a guy. Uh, it, it's a Shane, Shane Beamer is a protect the culture at all costs guy. He's not going to bring in a guy that's going to disrupt everything just because he's talented. Well, like, and 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 at the know? most important position in the program. Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like a. It's like when Coach O, when he was at Ole Miss, brought in Brent Schaefer. From Tennessee, remember that Brent Schaefer? <laughs> Terrible for chemistry on that team. And that, that team didn't win a damn game in the SEC. So, you know, you can mess it up bad. Um, but what I was told was when they met with him, a source told me, a contact, uh, JC, he's been served some humble pie, uh, and he knows he has a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, we wouldn't have taken him otherwise, is what, what, what I was told. So, he spent a lot of time endearing himself, not only to the community and the fans, but his teammates. I heard nothing but great things uh, behind the scenes about him being a great teammate. Um, and that's what you need out of that position, guys. I mean, that, that's the bottom line, not to mention he's talented. Uh, so you got to, uh, you know, you got to kind of, uh, you know, like that about this team. All right. So Heath Faircloth, uh, or Heath, I'm sorry, uh, uh, throw that one up there. Uh, I want to let Jamie JB take a shot at this one. Uh, he has a question on the Nano Sports chat oh, yeah, yeah, line. Yeah. He says, "Y'all remember the year the D had lots of turnovers and beat Michigan in a bowl game with BMAC calling the plays and having high expectations the following year." Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, and he says, "I see a lot of similarities." I will let JB take this one because I don't. Uh, yeah, I. I- I don't see a lot of similarity. If you're, if he's uh, Heath, if you're referencing the the hype, yeah, there's similarity in hype. But if you're referencing football and the team itself, no, no, it's different. And and I, you know, JC, I think that as much credit as uh, should be thrown at Coach Beamer, and he deserves it. We know that. But a lot of these guys that we're expecting to watch come out and, and do big things this year, especially on defense, those are must champ guys. And uh, so I think that, like, if we could be mature and have a mature conversation about all of this, like, there is a collective at this point in time in the preseason pat on the back that should be going to Will Muschamp and his staff for bringing in some of these guys, to Shane Beamer and his staff for being able to develop and keep them in the program as easy it is to transfer, and to the young men for giving this this new regime a chance. I mean, it's taken a collective effort to be able to have that feel 
to get where we are. But, I mean, you, if you go back to what 2018 was going to look like from a talent standpoint and what 2022 looks like from a talent standpoint, including all the guys that are here now that you can just snap your fingers and get in the portal, no, it's, it's a lot different. And the head coach actually has the support of the fan base. Unfortunately, that was not the case, even after winning nine games back in 2017 for Coach Muschamp. Yeah, and then, you know, that Georgia game took the life out of that, that 2018 team for a while. And you had a debacle at Kentucky. And, and look, and, and he, here's the difference, okay? That 2017 team lost Skymore, Dante Sawyer, who led the nation in forced fumbles, mm-hmm. Taylor Stallworth, who I think we all can agree was one of the better D tackles Muschamp had. Uh, some players out of the secondary that, that ended up uh, leaving. Um, and then uh, that team in, in 2018 on defense got ravished by injuries. My mistake with that group was this. I knew they were going to be better on offense, and by God, they were. It was the best offense Will Muschamp ever had as a head coach and probably the best offense since 2014 that we've seen at Carolina. Uh, Jake played well in a lot of games. You had Debo, uh, that kind of thing. Right. Where I screwed that up, I, I, I was just like, well, you know, Muschamp's first two years, you know, his first year he pieced it together. Um, the defense towards the end of that year kind of got exposed, but th- they, they were doing it with like bubble gum and, and masking tape uh, on defense that first season and got to a bowl. And then you had this big turnover, uh, forcing turnover machine uh, the next year. And I thought, well, even if they're not as good on defense, you know, they'll at least be decent. I didn't expect a historically bad type of type of situation. Well, you had a um, lot of injuries that year, too. And, and then the injuries killed it. So that's where I made that mistake that year in kind of thinking, well, they'll take the next step because I was like, well, you got – and I think that's kind of, you know, one thing to look out for this year because I, I started thinking that. I was like, well, there's all this talk about the offense. What about the Gamecocks defense? Or are we setting ourselves up for a letdown? And – um but then I looked at the personnel, and I was like, "Nah, you're not." <laughs> On the other so, side of that, JC too is like, we all know Muschamp could recruit, right? I mean, nobody's questioning that. But you're putting players in the league, even from South Carolina, but it's a developmental thing with him. Like we could never see that whole package just gel and come together. And that really, for me, is what my eyes are on with Beamer this year because we got the pieces, you've got the depth, the talents there. Now we got to put it all together as a cohesive unit, which is something I think was lacking in the Muschamp years. Well, and that and that 2018 season as well. Like I know, JC, you mentioned Georgia, you mentioned Kentucky, but in addition to the injuries that year, guys, and there was a I mean, look. If you have that many injuries on this team, you're probably going to have similar results. But like what, where I think the Muschamp era began to really truly die was Florida. Because they were winning that game 31 to 14 and they blew it. They, they you know, they, they blew it. I mean, Florida didn't really come back and win the game. I mean, I hate, I, I'm a, always a give credit guy. Y'all know that. You've been around me a long time. Uh, uh, nah, man. South Carolina blew the game in this one. Had they won that game, different season, but they lost. And then from there on out, they just could not figure it out. It was bad. Yeah. I mean, you had that, uh, the moral victory up at Clemson or whatever. And, uh, yeah, that game. You're giving up 60 points. <laughs> that game. That, that game was a 28 point game in the fourth quarter. Hey, I look I, back, man. I agreed with Clemson fans who were who were laughing at, at us. Who were like, "Y'all are excited because you scored 35 and lost by 21." 
you got to be kidding me. I agree with him. Like, yeah, there was a, I mean, yeah, sure. Our offense finally like showed up. We scored 35 points. That was neat, but we got beat by three touchdowns at our rival. Like there was yeah. nothing moral about that. Uh, it, it was, it was, it was embarrassing. It was good to be for the, for them to be competitive for a half. And then, but that, but that was what it was, you know, it's 28, 21 halftime. Next thing you know, Clemson's up by 20, you know, four touchdowns in, in the fourth quarter. So yeah. that's crazy. Well, JB, this is the first, uh, hopefully, of many conversations that we have here. I you thought, have my number. Yeah, this I is really good. Do. Yeah, I got, I got it right. I got it, I got it locked and loaded. Um, but thanks for, for hey, being Hey, what about in. the intro music? What are we doing about this? We well, got to figure we, out intro music. We, me and Phil have been talking about I it. I almost thanked the Merit Church for you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, hey, I tried to do sinners like me at karaoke last night. It went horribly wrong. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Nat, 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 Nat's got the video. I, I came back and killed it with Purple Rain at the end. But I, do, that's you, just, do you want me to bring Eric to your wedding? Or I, I've, got an, yeah. I've got an end with him. I can, he, get, it, I can get in there. Yeah, if he'll, if he'll sit up there and uh, play on the porch, that'd be great. They're taking a lot of the year off with touring, so he might be tight financially, but he can crash at my crib. I'll bring him. He's All right, cool, man. That's that's awesome to bring the chief on in. All right, so we'll have some bumper music for you next time, buddy. Thanks. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks, see you. Take Thanks, care everybody. Today, good to see yeah. everyone. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, good to see everybody here on the Nana Sports chat line. But, yeah, I think there's some differences. Um, first of all, uh, back to Heath Fairclaw, or Heath's uh, – uh, question there. Uh, I'm not going to pick game Costco 11 and two. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not playing that game. So, all right. Thanks for everybody that uh, participated on the Nana's porch chat line. Uh, did want to pass along uh, an ad that I unfortunately did not get to today. Heritage digital um, certainly is uh, one of our sponsors. We got to get a new ad up. They changed their number. Uh, Heritage digital.com. Matt Odom. Uh, that's the ad you've heard. Are you tired of your IT person? 843-699-1001. So we're going to have uh, Meredith Taylor on later this week. We have some other guests that we're going to get on. And, Phil, we have another show in the freaking books, man. That's right, man. Another good one. Let's keep rolling. Great stuff today uh, from all of you. Our cast of characters on the Nano Sports chat line. I help consulting mailbag. We love this. We love this interaction. Uh, and I think, uh, like the emailer said yesterday, it's probably going to work better for us doing it digitally than having people call in live. Like, <laughs> could you could you turn down your radio, please? You know, that kind of thing. Imagine. Um, yeah, VJ uh, chimes in with a hot take here on uh, the Nanosports chat line just to wrap it up because uh, I've got uh, uh, no concerns about Rattler. Uh, this season means more to him than anyone. And uh, I, I saw VJ, has, VJ is one of our emailers, has a lot of good takes. Speaking of the defensive lines, and as we forget run stoppers like MJ Webb, who've been around for 17 years. That's right. Mm-hmm. Older players on the line of scrimmage, man. And uh, VJ, I wanted to go. I wanted to go. Uh, I think he goes by Belmont Gamecock on the email. Uh, Belmont, I just wanted to get to you uh, because I saw you you, you participating. And we, we, well, you do get a participation trophy here. On inside the game Gamecocks' show. That's right. That's uh, right, Phil. The Z-Mule is going Z-Mule. to pick some games this year. Watch, he'll be better than both of us. <laughs> Everybody's going to screenshot this and say, J.C. Sherbert has a sweet ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then the other side will be like, look at that ass of J.C. Sherbert. <laughs> I got to go over here. Yeah, so anyway, so yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun with him and Mary McCheese as we go on. So anyway, we got to get out of here. For football and access, this is J.C. Sherbert. This has been Inside the Game Costa Show. Thanks to Jamie Bradford for joining us. 
and uh, for all of you for tuning in. This will be up in podcast format soon, also on YouTube, available to go watch anytime you want. We will talk to you tomorrow, 11 a.m., right here inside the Game Conscious Show.